this is way right. I mean, this is way right. This is wow. 100 yards right. Two perfect shots, Michael. Got me in the water on one and over the green on the other. The ball itself has its own energy, or life force, if you will. Its natural environment is in the hole. So why don't you send them home? His bags are packed. He's got his airplane tickets. Bring him to the airport. All right, Break 80 fans, we have a special guest tonight, and we are in the presence of a world record holder, Mr. Patrick Koenig, who played, was it 580 golf courses in 2023, or I guess a little bit in the 2024 calendar year? Yeah, it was all, almost all 2023. Um, yeah, so it's, it feels good to be a, a newly minted world record holder. 580 different 18-hole golf courses. I played a couple par three uh, just because they were there and awesome. And uh, but those don't count. It had to be six thousand yards, and uh, it had to be um, a full, full big boy golf course. So five hundred and eighty of those gems. Crazy. So did they did they send you the book then? Do you have a, a what, what book would it be? Get, get well, it's the book. golf game book is is what oh, it okay. is. So uh, golf game book was my uh primary sponsor for the the entire tour so um i kept all of my scores every day i lived in that app and uh we have gps coordinates of me going to every single single hole and and playing all 580 golf courses and that was the way that people uh followed along this year if you wanted to get real granular with it at any point in time you could fire up that app and see what hole i was on uh, every day i was pretty much on the golf course so you could see oh can i get messages from people that i played with or friends nice double on 12 there, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a fun way to to document the whole, whole entire year. And uh, I can't say enough good things about the folks at golf game book. They're, they're a Finnish company uh, and huge over, over uh, overseas. Uh, not a lot of Americans know about it, but it's scorecard and GPS and has a social and, and tournament software that really made the year fun. That's awesome. And you had, and you had the RV Now the RV was the first, that's from your first three did the first kind of RV tour. And then you took it to the next level on the second one. Is that kind of how this worked out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, I had the idea because um, I love golf courses. And so I had the idea well before I did my first RGV tour, RGV stands for recreational golf vehicle tour. There you go. Um, and so I figured the best way to see as many golf courses and in the courses that I wanted to see were mostly on the East coast. I was like, well, you, you could fly out there a hundred times and you play, you know, six or seven courses of pop and then come back. And that's, that's not the best way to do it. But if you had an RV, you could just go and play and then drive to the next one and play. And you could, you could see a lot of them. So I had this kind of idea. And in 2018, I quit my, quit my sales job and bought an RV and turned it into an RGV and set off on the, uh, the, uh, the arduous task of just exploring America. I was trying to do all 48 states, um, the lower 48, uh, excluding obviously Alaska and Hawaii. And uh, I did that and I played about 400 different golf courses. And towards the end of that, somebody told me the world record was 449 different golf courses, which I hadn't set out to do. And I, I just naturally played 400. So I was like, well, if I really was going for it, I could, I could break that record. And so I kind of thought about that for five years. Um, and then when golf game book came along, we had a conversation and said, well, we'd love to sponsor you on this, this journey if if you want to do it. And I already had a business plan for RGV tour 2.0 um, laid out and we, they added a couple crucial components to it. And, um, and then in January 3rd of this year or last year, um, I, I kicked off my, my second tour. And, uh, this one was much more intense. Um, you know, getting 180 different golf courses in really, really pretty much took up all my free, free time. So anytime that I, you know, went to the the movies or like went out to eat and all those, all those things that you just kind of, you know, have some downtime um, was all now golf and golf, more golf courses. Um, but it was still a lot of fun, just, just much more intense this time around. <laughs> Do you, do you tire of golf at all? So surrounded by golf, you're coming after uh, uh, out of this out of this whirlwind tour. Um, have you continued to play golf now that it's the 
uh, almost the middle of January. Yeah, you know, uh, I played once on my way back because I finished up in Seattle and came down to Southern California, and I played a course out there, um, Sea Ranch Golf Links, which has the um, which has a hole on the the coast of California. And it was, it was my, uh, I made a list a while back to play all, all every single hole on the coast of California. I did a little blog post and I went down and listed every single hole that's on the coast of California, which there's about, I think it was like 74, 75 golf holes on the coast. And this was one that had eluded me. Uh, sea Ranch has got a par three. It's not right there. My criteria was you had to be able to see the ocean and, um, and hit a and hit a wedge into the ocean was what I I said would be uh would dictate the uh on the coast of California and so um I happily played that I took had a couple of days off after the the finale and I I missed it you know I it was good to get out there and walk and and feel the outdoors and you know the, I kind of thrive on it it's it's kind of like my religion kind of my um center exercise social I mean. The thing about golf is that there are so many reasons to love this game and you don't have to love it just to, you know, a lot of people focus on the score and the competitive aspect of it. Um, that's certainly a big part of golf. Uh, it's one that I don't, I've, I've, I would probably put it like four or five of the things that I care about when I'm out there as a golf course photographer, uh, you know, photography is, is something that I love to do. And so I, that's where I, I focus most of my efforts, my career, um, but then you've got, you know, there's a number of different things. People can do it for, uh, as I mentioned, exercise or uh, social interaction, meeting new people. Um, you know, some people view it as a, as a religion uh, in, a, in a way to center yourself. So there's a lot of things to love about the game other than just uh, just just score. And so that for that reason, I, I don't really tire of golf. Maybe I tire of uh, grinding to, you know, to shoot a score. And so then maybe I focus on you know, a particular golf course that I find out and I, I enjoy the architecture or seeing. Uh-oh, frozen. He'll come, come out and it was like unwrapping Thanks a new like present. That. Somebody spent a year building a little playground for you um, that you can go and in each hole is a little, little treat you get unwrap and, and play and explore. And that's a, that's a cool thing. There's no other sport like that. I was looking at your website today, and I don't know if this is updated or not, but uh, you've played 99 of the top 100 public. Um, I should update that. I, I, I haven't. I, I need a lot of updates on my site. I was too busy golfing this past year, but <laughs> I, I have, I have played all 100 of the top 100 public um, this year. When I got to Michigan, there was a little place that I was excited to play called Belvedere golf club. And the night before I was like, you know what? I think, I think I'm almost there. Let me check the current list. Cause you know, they come out with everything. And so I went down and one by one, I'd played them all. And then uh, Belvedere's in the nineties, I think. And that was the final one. So I'm, I, uh, I made a, a nice little par putt on 18 as a, as a uh, car was driving by honked at me, tried to spook me, but I was not to be spooked. And so I, I played every hole that, uh, that anybody can play um in that top 100 um and that's a cool thing you know i'm a huge fan of public golf i mean i love golf courses so i'm not uh g gonna say i don't love uh private golf courses but th the idea of a public golf course that anybody can go to and you know people can you know from any walk of life can can go into those sort of places uh some of the the private clubs have the restrictions and there's certainly a long history of uh some unsavory aspects of the game that reside in, in some of those places. And um, it was cool to see, like, you know, when you play 580 different golf courses and in 41 States, you really get a, a sense of the American golf landscape. You know, you know, the people that play it, um, how it differs from state to state. And it's a, it's a great way to, to explore the country and uh, explore people. It expands your horizons. And I was just telling somebody about this the other day that, it kind of uh, reinvigorated my faith in humanity. I, I spent very little time looking at the news um, that tends to cover the bad things in this world. Instead, I just went out and played with people and boy, they, they were welcoming. They were excited. They were happy and they were uh, generous. We raised over $40,000 for the, 
First T chapters across America and a couple other foundations um, as well. And and what that did is kind of just change my, I got to see the good in people every day. You know, there's good and bad in people. And um, some people, the lens in our society really tends to focus on things that get clicks and it's, it's usually negative. And uh, boy, if you close that computer, shut the screen down, you can just go meet people when they're, they're doing things that they love. And um, that's how I spent my year. So you kind of look at humanity in a, in a different way. It's not just, um, it's not just golf and, you know, a world record that I achieved, but I, I did this for the experience. Um, when, when it was, you know, once I got it set, so my, my uh, costs this year were covered. Um, I was, uh, I wasn't asking for money on top of it. I did, I did very little to monetize, um, the tour, which you could have, you know, done, I could have done more of, and it just wasn't important to me, uh, as much as the experience. And, um, I've, I've started to live my life that way and chasing experiences versus, versus things, you know, obviously I have, I'm looking at, I just broke down the RGV and I have little little signs and things that I pick up along the way. And those are material possessions, but they, you know, those are the things I cherish because they represented a story and a, and a great day. And, and a, a lot of times really great people that invited me under their golf course. So it um, that's kind of how I like to surround myself and, and golf's done that for me. I'll, I would sit in that cause I put it up all over the RGV. If, if you hadn't seen the the Instagram post that I, I did just yesterday, it was uh, um walking i mean i would just sit there and just look at all the different things that i collected and and go down memory lane every every single day because it's right in front of you and it just gave me a warm great feeling there was there's very few rounds of golf that that left a sour taste in my mouth in my you know i didn't feel good about i mean there there's probably i did a thing where i called it the uh rgv tour jabronis and these guys were um were people that um were a little out of line, you know, they were, uh, brought negative energy and there was only five of them and they were, you know, they had to really, you know, be on their, their worst behavior day to, to get one of those awards. And I, I probably I met thousands of people and to only have five people that, um, you know, their behavior was not, not cool. And, uh, that, uh, that, I, I think that was, uh, it says something about the positivity that this tour brought to America. And for the uh, the listeners at home, uh, you're really missing out. This will go up on YouTube as well, but a big collection of pencils behind you. Um, anything that you seek out in particular to collect from golf courses, or is it just oh, yeah. some, something unique that stands out in the clubhouse? Yeah, so these are the, you can see behind me. This is the uh, the pencils that I got for my first one. So I think it's probably about 400 in these two little uh, things there. And uh, <laughs> I've got more pencils on the wall to the right, and then I've got a whole new box of about... 580 uh pencils that i'm not sure what i'm going to do with um but um yeah i mean i love to collect things like that the ball marks uh the, the pencils um sorry was that that was your question if you had a favorite i know uh mike gives me a hard time for having at least 10 bag tags on my bag at any one point in time yeah you jingle uh, you jingle around you can hear you coming from a mile away <laughs> Oh, the caddies will hate that. That's an unnecessary. Yeah, they do. Yes, I take is. them off for the trips. I take them off for the yeah. trips. Yeah, smart man. Um, well, yeah. I did. I got bag tags. I'm actually just kind of going through and peeling off the little stickers that I put and I displayed them in my in the RGV. Um, I've got a handful of bag tags, but those will stay in uh, in my memory collection. But um, you know, I I love the pen. The only thing that every golf course has is a scorecard. Uh, sometimes they'll have the generic pencils without a name on it. And then you're just left to a, to a scorecard. So that I always get a, a scorecard and a, and a pencil and uh, ball marks are good. Cause if you're, you're playing as many different golf courses as you can and going nuts, um, you know, a logo ball is ridiculous because you'd they'd be rolling all over the place and fill up cupboards full. Um, and they're hard to display, but, uh, but a, a ball mark, you know, play your entire life and, and fit them in a, in, in a box, you know? Um, and then, yeah, I haven't, I'm not sure if I'm going to display those on, on a wall, but um, I covered uh, every square inch of that that RV with the uh, with the ball marks from my from my journey. But no real favorite. I love the um, shout out to the signs by the sea folks. They make these really cool wooden signs, and I, if I you'd see them at kind of the more premier courses, and I'd pick one of those up, and I'm going to 
put them up all over my my home here in in, in Laguna Beach, and uh, those will be cool. Glance at that and remember my time at Valhalla or Inverness Club or uh, course number three three hundred with uh, my new friend Gary at at C Wayne Club, Sewanee Club. Um, I mean Columbus Country Club. Oh yeah, I got uh, Watchung Valley over here, Century World uh shinnecock hills which was really cool kingsley oh, club yeah. you know these these are places that are awesome golf courses and uh I, that was they had a little sign there and so those will go up all over the place and um it's a it's a it's a cool thing to kind of be surrounded by those experiences uh and that's what that's what those little little trinkets or swag um you you pull, pull from golf courses and i think that's why golfers love to do it i saw in the i, I saw your video of the van um, and I saw you had Minnesota's greatest logo in their White Bear Yacht Club. Somewhere. Oh, baby, That's yeah, great, had, lo- great uh, logo there. White Bear Yacht. That was a that was a fun day. I was I was I was hustling across town. Uh, what was the course I played in the morning? But it was a rainy day. It was a rainy day, and and like the weather forecast had it like completely washed out. I wasn't sure if we were going to get eighteen holes in. Um, and I had thirty six planned, and we didn't tee off till like about noon. And uh, my first 18, we played in like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, zipped around and then buzzed over to White Bear Yacht where the, uh, um, the, the it was just a kind of an overcast and, and cool day and zipped around there and got to the 18th hole where I got to meet my my good buddy, the White Bear is uh, yeah, the little yeah. the guy there. Um, and it was fun because on the first tour, I played White Bear Yacht Club and I loved it so much that I, I came back and uh, took another selfie with my guy where... Uh, you know, we're good buds. We don't see each other that often, but, um, I mean, he's a, but it's a shame. He's, it's a shame. He's chained down to the ground and he's, he's he heavy. chained down. You know, those punk kids would probably get out there and <laughs> yeah, those jabronis. Yeah. That'd be a jabroni move. There's some souvenirs you can't have and they're to be enjoyed <laughs> by everybody. And, uh, you know, I, they had some signs by the sea stuff in the, in the clubhouse. So you can buy those and take those, but you know, that, that, that bear loves to be outside and his, his home is there on the 18th, uh, is it guiding people the way to the the finishing hole such a cool thing so you play what's your what was your favorite maybe it's white bear yacht but of all the minnesota courses Ooh, yeah i probably would say um you know i liked hazeltine more this time um i'd seen it once before and it was that's that's a good place i think people kind of don't don't uh don't love on it so much but uh let me think um Gosh, there was a couple going. Minnesota Valley was really cool. Um, is it Delwood that's over there as well? Delwood's right by White Bear Yacht. Yeah, Delwood. And then there's a what was the what's the Rainer out there? There's a Rainer that doesn't get Midland much Midland Hills. Midland Hills, yeah, Midland yeah. Hills. I thought was really was a real special place. Um, Windsong Farms and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Interlochen are, are both good ones. Uh, then you got some good ones up north, like get up into Brainerd and. Uh, yeah. plastic up there and uh oh uh, giant's ridge is really spectacular um you know so i don't know i think interlocking's got the history and the old school architecture and that's the thing about golf courses like you can sit there and be like this is my favorite in this category this one is my favorite in this category but uh, when you put it all together you know i might go white bear yacht it's really a it's cool to see uh i think it i, I was it's attributed to ross but i think there was some some research done that maybe it's not as much Ross as uh, originally yeah, thought. Willie and, Watson. What's that? Willie Watson, I think too. Willie, yeah. Willie yeah. Watson out there as well. But uh, you know, it's cool to see those type of uh, kind of straightforward classic architects that usually build, con- you know, conventional holes and they get a wild piece of land and they, and they really, those are my favorite Ross courses when he's got a wild piece of land. And so he tried to kind of tries to kind of tame it and um, uses the land gives him the just natural uh creativity and those courses always end up being being some of my favorites was it Plainfield out there is another good good ross effort i believe in jersey that's new jersey yeah there's um, a lot i probably played geez i could list all the donald ross courses and there'd probably be at least maybe 50 donald ross courses Maybe a little more even, but I was on a Ross Bender on the on the yeah. East Coast. You know, just Ross. There's a lot of there's a lot of them. Tim and I have played some of the rundown Rosses, like Calumet outside Chicago. Oh, they're yeah. a diamond. They're a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I, I see here. Basically, 
and uh, talking about rough the travel schedule because i'm looking at minnesota september 16th september 17th and then you jump to california for the 18th 19th and back back to minnesota by the 25th wondering yeah. how did you set up something because this is this is years in in the making i would presume how did how did you go about setting up your trail through america it was nonstop planning every day you know it's the best thing and the nicest thing is i don't have to plan golf and uh I can focus on a project and dedicate more time to it. Um, but yeah, every single day, you know, I tried to stay two weeks out with tea times. I had a couple of events that I would kind of, you know, I'm like, well, I had a, a trip to Finland and Sweden when I went to New York. So I kind of used that as a beacon and built out courses around that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some drives, some, some missteps. There were some times where I kind of backtracked a bit. Uh, but for the most part, it was, it was pretty good when you're trying to plan and you're playing 36 a day and then driving. It's just, there's not a lot of time to sit down, create social media content and, um, and, and coordinate these events and these, uh, the, the schedule. But I did have, uh, two trips to, to count back to California for events that I do every year. And I just love those events and I didn't want to tell them no. And, um, that was, uh, the pure insurance, which benefits the first or first tee impacting first tee, as they say. And that's a cool champions tour event where they had they actually play with kids from the first tee, um, which was great. Cause that's who I was raising money for this year was the, you know, the first tee and to see those kids walk along with like Ernie Els or VJ Singh, and you can, you know, VJ will go in there and kind of talk with his kid. Ernie's great. You know, they'll, they'll just kind of chat with these kids. Can you imagine as like a 13 year old kid, you're, walking pebble beach with ernie ells and he's like giving you tips i mean these kids kids are just awesome so i do that every year um but i that that would the the folks over at uh, pure insurance is a the entire the title sponsor of the folks that hire me and uh they were so flexible i was like i'm doing this thing you know it's like well will you just play in the morning and then cover the tournament in the afternoon so that's what i did uh, i would play 18 holes and i didn't miss a miss a day uh, while traveling to California, I play in the morning and then cover the, the tournament in the afternoon and then uh, flew back to Minnesota um, after playing Pacific Grove that morning. Um, so didn't miss a, a day of golf. Uh, how is, how for, is poor, poor man's pebble? Oh, it's always, it's always good. It's always good. The front nine, you know, tricks you. She's like, man, this place is a, is a dump i mean they got fences the, the the fences blocking the you know the wayward shot into the other fairway are always uh a sign of a poorly constructed golf course um and those are all over the place i mean it's wild and tight and it's kind of jammed into some houses on the front nine but nobody comes to play the front uh i think you start with two par threes um and then you get out to the the 10th hole and it's you get a sense of what's about to come. And then you play the 11th hole, which is pretty awesome towards the water. And you're like, Oh, this is something special. And then the 12th hole is, you know, a lot of people say that's the, the best on the, um, you know, the peninsula. I don't know if it's the best, but it's uh it's certainly true lengths that comes out. And, and that's where the magic is. Uh, anybody that's going to play Monterey, go play Pacific Grove. You know, they're, they're charging an arm and leg for the other places. And, um, I don't, it's not, it's maybe around 50 bucks to play Pacific Grove. And it's still, I mean, it's gotten some publicity over the years, but go play it. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's worth the, worth the bucks and, uh, it's a very enjoyable and beautiful back nine. So before we jump back into golf, cause I know we're going to do that. I'm really curious about the logistics. Cause you said there's just not a lot of time to do social media. Were you driving the RV as well? Were you your own, your own driver or? your own chef what what all was yeah. transpiring behind the scenes yeah i think there's about when i looking at it i would say there's about five jobs um that you could do if you really wanted to effectively do this tour you could you would have a driver um, which i drove every single mile um, nobody else got behind that wheel um, i think some of like the the techs that were working on fixing fixing it maybe drove it into the shop or something like that but i drove every single mile which is thirty five thousand of them so you oh can have gosh. a driver um, <laughs> and you would obviously have the guy that um, plays the golf. So I did all the golf. Uh, then, then I did in the route coordination um, and event planning, which would be another job, uh, which I did all of that. Uh, then you'd have probably a social media coordinator. Um, and I did all that. Um, I'd had some help from my sponsors. 
um echo golf was 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 helpful uh the folks over at breakfast balls um those guys make these really cool polos and they're i mean they're just as, as generous as, as can be um and i think they donated right off the bat like four grand to the to the for, to the effort right off the bat just for for being a part of it um and then uh stewart golf uh stewie um, my remote caddy, um, those, uh, so he came out and, um, uh, he followed me around. I mean, that guy saved me a ton. It was kind of like having a caddy. He follows you around the Q follow from Stuart golf is, uh, and I named him Stewie cause he's kind of got a mind of his own, you know, he's, he follows you around and then he's got a little bit of personality. He's, he's a little, he's a wild man. I mean, he dove off a bridge. Um, he ran into a snack bar. I mean, he got, he got a little, <laughs> I mean, he, he logged a lot of miles with me. Um, so he's my buddy. Called him Stewie, obviously from Stewart Golf. Um, and uh, you know, those guys came out and helped me do some of the the uh, the social media and the content. And some really great pieces come came from those those efforts. That I I have no time to sit down and edit a video. Anybody that's done it knows it takes a ton of time, and I didn't have two three hours to sit down and create a a cool social piece. Um, professionally and and they did that um and then uh yeah i think that's you know then you would have like a you know photographer or videographer that would would be the the fifth position there um and i did all of those things um myself so it was it was go 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 but you know tell you it was a lot of um I wouldn't say it's work. I mean, there's a lot of things to do. It didn't feel like work. A lot of people would classify it as, as work because, um, but I loved it. So it was a passion for me that I, I happily did all those, those, those jobs because it, you know, it took me to the next golf course and I was, I was, I was very driven. Um, and what I think it partly was, I never got tired of the golf and it was, it was partly because I had such a, a, it was such, you know, people talk about goal setting, um, and people set goals and work towards them. And I think it's, as a human being, it's one of the most rewarding things that we can do is, is set a goal. And then, and, and it has to be a good goal. And there are certain things that make a good goal, right? So it's, it's time measured, uh, it's trackable, um, it's achievable, but, but challenging, um, and, and, you know, the, the trackable measurable part was, was so enjoyable, um, that it just propelled me because, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it, it, the part that I thought was really cool is talking about like the mental aspect of things and, um, the human brain releases, uh, dopamine every time there's a reduction of space between your current state and your goal. So a little bit of reduction of space that the brain says, give me more of that. And so if you have a good goal and you're working towards that, you'll get that constant feed. And so it kind of drives you, right? You're, we're pleasure seeking animals. And so to get that little hit of dopamine was, uh, what I, you know, that really clicked with me when I heard him say that on the podcast. And for me, it was like, every time I hang up another ball mark on my, on my, uh, on my wall, it was like, there was a little hit of that dopamine. Cause it was, it represented a reduction of space between me and my, my goal. And, um, you know, whether it be the ball mark or uh, ending a round of golf on golf game book or starting a new one with my, my new number uh, for that day and um, going to bed at night knowing, all right, I got in 36 today, good day, 36 tomorrow. We're going to get two, we're going to get a couple more hits of that dopamine. And I just chased it. And it was like this kind of just drive that um, after a, you know, initial settling in period um, was automatic. I just kind of did it. And there was, there was just no stopping. I tell people if I would have lost some, both my legs, I would have found a way to to do it. I may not have got to 580, but I was definitely going to do this. Uh, especially once you have sponsors and people that are counting on you and invested in you. It was like everybody that I played with wanted me to do it. And they were, now they're a part of that world record. So, um, I never got sick. I never got injured, which is a little bit of fortune um, because that could have easily happened. You know, something with a stress fracture, all that repetitive motion, um, something could have happened there, but nothing did. Um, I mean, there's nothing like I'm trying to think I had a sty on my eye, which was the only thing I had to have that. Um, I had to have that like lanced and I had an eye patch and it's like, I'm going to play some pirate golf here. But uh, even that, <laughs> even that, like cleared up like right away. Um, once they, they, they lanced it, I didn't have to play with, with a patch on at all. Oh. 
so that was to make a trip to Gasparilla just for that. Yeah, Yeah. that would have been good if I would have been went and worse. But everything just seemed to kind of go my way. There's obviously a ton of setbacks, um, just small things from tea times to. I mean, even towards the end, I was you know trying to get in 36 a day in December is hard. You know, we played 36 on the solstice and. Yeah, and even at the the end, there was like you know, there's seven and a half hours of sunlight, and I'm and I'm like, we're getting in 36, and we did. There was there was one round of golf, one round that I um, only played nine holes and couldn't play the the back nine at uh, Tama something uh, outside of uh, New Jersey. Not it's not Tamarisk, it's not Taconic, it's something like that. Uh, but we played the. Uh, as you can see, some of you play as much golf. Some of the the uh, the, uh, the the courses blend together. I do remember the folks I play with, which were awesome. And we and so lightning was my only only enemy. We played the front nine. The lightning alarm goes off, and they have this little. It's all automated, and um, the the pro shop has no control over it. The the alarm goes off, and then it sets a countdown. I think it's every thirty minutes there's another strike that resets. So you just sat we sat there and watched is it um the darkness came in and the rain got worse and the counter never got back to zero. We were plotting ways to get out and run the back the back nine just to get it to get it in. We did not. And that is the only golf course in the entire I mean you can imagine there there's I played golf in I don't know how many lightning delays there were um at least 25. Um and uh you know, there was a lot of chances where that could have, you could have been rained out, but I played in the rain, um, no matter what happened. I had, there was a stretch where I played 22 courses in a row where there was rain. Um, but nothing was going to stop me from, from playing only if I wasn't allowed to play would have been the, the only thing there was the people asked me what's the worst weather that I had. And it was hands down Royal new Kent, which is a Mike Strance design. that I was really excited to see. And, um, I showed up at the course. It was just pouring sideways. And I was like, I just showed up at the course to show up. Cause I wanted, you know, to say, Hey, you know, I'm here, but course is closed. Right. Uh, and they're like, no, you can go play. I'm like, what? All right, I'm going. I didn't ask questions. I just went out there and I was greeted with just a horrific sideways. I mean, the course was completely unplayable. I mean, the first fairway was a river, probably a lake. Um, but it, I played it. I found my ball in the water and my, umbrella broke on like the third or fourth hole I and mean, this is a weatherman umbrella which are really great umbrellas i mean it was i don't know why i even brought my umbrella out i was just i should have because i was completely soaked i couldn't tell people that i would have jumped in a in a pool i wouldn't have been anywhere like when i would step water would come out of my shoes it was just i was completely covered and so i get in nine holes and i'm just soaked and i'm like god man this is this is insane and I hear this, I'm heading to the 10th team and I hear the superintendent come and he come, he starts, he starts yelling at me to get off the course. And, um, I, it was, it was a, a heated discussion where I was telling him, cause he didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I'm telling him that I'm setting a record. I, I just played nine holes. You got to let me play the back nine. So it counts for the record. And, uh, he's, we're kind of arguing back and forth. And it, at one point he, 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 I remember he just said, fine. And so I didn't. <laughs> I just turned around and went to the 10th tee and uh, <laughs> finished that round of golf. And it was fun. Cause when I came back in, I, I came back in to thank him for letting me play. And he did a little research and he's like, Oh man, I'm glad I let you play. It's, it's cool that uh, what you're doing and you're raising money. And it's like, that, that that's, I'm glad you got it in. Um, and so that was a, it was a cool thing. And so shout out to those guys at Royal New Kent. They're on the, they're on the list. Um, and I would I would have loved to see that golf course in some some good light and some good weather and get some photographs because the ones I got are I mean I think I took a couple because just to take them uh, that course is a is a cool place and uh, didn't, saw it arguably on its worst day. So I'm I'm yeah. curious uh, if you have any other stats. Obviously we know about the golf course total, but things like lost golf balls or golf clubs run through or pairs of shoes that were ruined or steps, the number of steps you took as, as your, your stewer, uh, your stewie followed you around. Yeah. I, I need to get in there and calculate those. Those were things that I uh, had some stuff. Uh, the golf game book app does a good job of, uh, of providing statistics like that. And so I can pull it up and, um, let me see if I can, if I can do it while we're chatting with you guys. Um, we'll, we'll give you a, a good idea of what, uh, what you've done in, in, in depth, 
you know, so you can go in there and you can, you can do a custom, custom date range. And, uh, that'll give you, um, the number of pars, the number of things you missed left and right. And, uh, oh yeah, I used to do this this year. I know it's in here somewhere. I can't figure out exactly the way to do it, but I've got all my stats here. You know, my, my average, my average score was, uh, 76.7 really good. good. You know, I was pretty, pretty solid at fairways. Um, 73% um, over that year. So it's, uh, oh, this is this year. So you can do, you can have it customized your last 10, last five, last 30. You can get really into this thing. A um, little distracting once I, once I start look, pulling it up, but there's a, a host of stats that I need to compile and, uh, and present something. I think golf game book did a good blog post on uh, their, their site that, that ran down some of those stats um, but in ter- some of the things that you wouldn't necessarily measure, like number of shoes, um, Echo Golf was my shoe sponsor. And I'd love to say I went through like 15 pairs of shoes or something ridiculous. Problem is, dude, Echo makes really good golf shoes and they're comfortable and they last. And uh, yak, yak leather. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's it's good stuff. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I would get shoes that were just, they kind of just looked dirty and old, but they were still fine to play in. And I would just, you know, I would discard those and put a, a fresh pair on. So I'm looking good. Um, probably about six casualties, um, over 580 golf courses, which I think is, you know, pretty good. That's about hundred rounds. Uh, I mean, how much, how much do you, you know, you play a hundred different golf courses for with a, one pair of shoes. Most people are ditching them before that, or don't even make it to a hundred difficult, different golf courses in, in 10 years, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, that, and I averaged, I think, probably two balls, like 1.5 balls, or I based it off my penalties, which I think was 1.2 penalties per round, something like that. Um, and so I probably, you know, maybe about a ball around, um, lost balls, and then you need know, to hit some some practice shots or some mulligans and, or I didn't really take any, I didn't take any mulligans. I played by the, you know, the rules of the game, but I would, I would hit, hit a second ball or something like that. Just, but I always played the, I played that first ball. Um, I used, which is surprising, used one quarter, uh, not thinking. Uh, and during the first round, I just had a quarter in my pocket. Um, and I used one divot tool for the entire tour. I never lost that quarter and never lost the divot tool, uh, almost did a couple times, but went back or found it or somebody gave it to me. And the, uh, the quarter is going to, going to go on display am- amongst the tees or something like that. And the divot tool is, is worn down. It's kind of like a little, it's got two prongs and they're kind of, they're slender, but, uh, square at the end. And they, I probably used up a quarter inch of the steel had just wrote it away and they're two shiny sharp points now um where they were square at the end so there's an, an, a noticeable degradation of the uh the tool um playing that many different golf courses that's those are kind of the fun things that like i didn't plan to use the same mark the entire time but once i was like a couple hundred in i was like no, let's just keep going see if we cannot lose this one um it's funny because i have thousands of ball marks all all around me and i'm using this just 2023 quarter which i guess makes sense it was 2023 was my year yeah jeff jeff wants to know if what your best or favorite fast food stop was <laughs> oh i mean the fact there's there's go, there's two different things you got the fast food and then there's the the golf course food um and i was a victim of of most of those for the for the majority of the year um arby's is probably my my favorite fast food you get the meats i get i get just the uh the Arby's melt, which is a little off menu. It's not the beef and cheddar. Cause I don't like that onion bun, but it's just the roast beef with some cheese on there, or whatever that, that is. I don't know if it's really cheese, but it's, it's damn delicious. So I'd eat those. And, um, I love a good blizzard. I'd, I'd, I mean, you get dairy queen, you get a, get yourself. I'm a Heath blizzard guy, you know, stuff like that. And uh, so that, those were good ones. And then, uh, hands down, I mean, I've explored it the country twice now for golf course foods. Hands down, the best is the the Burger Dog. Started at the Olympic Club, and I think you can even get it at 49er games now. But they've been at Pasa Tempo and um, all over the the Bay Area. But there's a, yeah, that's a whole conversation. You know, golf course food. Every oh, but the milkshakes at Castle Pines, I think they got them at Muirfield too. Um, 
that's that's the real deal. You hear how they all talk about it on the the uh, memorial when that comes around. I go get the milkshakes. I'm like, all right, well, I'm, they got them at Castle Pines too, and I got one the first time I went to Castle Pines, and it blew me away. I was like, I was expecting it to be good, but not like I was like, damn, that was delicious. And I got one again this year, and it was somehow even better. It's legit. I mean, you know, it it's not it's not a uh, you know, there's not much hype behind that, and there's a lot of hype behind it. You know what I mean? We're planning our own little road trip to Castle Pines for the BMW with, with a bunch of golf on on the way this year in Nebraska and stuff. So we'll have to check it out when we're there. Yeah, I get the peanut butter chocolate one, I think is what I got last time. Um, get that and then let me know. Report back, but you won't be yeah. disappointed. Mike Mike does not short himself on raiding the ice cream fridge at, yeah, at yeah, any one what, of these media uh, media if, credential if, tents. If Castle Pines anything like Olymp- Olympia Fields was, they had I had so much ice cream in the media in the media food places. I just raided the ice cream. It was so freaking <laughs> hot that day. <laughs> awesome. uh, so hey, Patrick, how, how much of how much how much of the overall top hundred have you played with pri- mm, with I'm privates and everything? I'm getting close. So I can count them on both hands um the courses i've got yet to play um i've got you know some invites to come back and so it's a funny thing uh jimmy james i don't know if you know jimmy james jimmy played the top 100 in a year which is an unbelievable achievement uh for somebody to to do and he i played with him out at philly cricket this year and just a stellar human being you can see why everybody invited him under their golf courses uh so to play that top 100 a year is so the where i'm going with this is that the, since he did that feat um it has been impossible for anybody else to do it literally impossible because there's always one or two in the top 100 that are under construction since he's done that um sure. so doing a year is is a, is a, unbelievable i've spent the past 10 years hunting him down and i'm probably up to the uh, I don't know, 94 mark or something like that. But, you know, then they got new ones coming out that like, I'm pretty sure the Lido is going to, going to jump in there. Um, Cabot Citrus Farms, all these ones just opening up uh, old Barnwell probably in there. So it's like, it's always a shuffle, you know, and there's, and it's going to, it's going to increase with golf's popularity and the, the fervor uh, around new golf courses. And those will jump in the top 100. So it's a constant shuffle, which makes it fun because you get to, well, I'll get to 99. You know which one is 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 uh, most people don't get a play, and uh, and then you just kind of um, you can stay very busy every year by checking the new list and uh, and seeing what uh, what came in and uh, which ones you can play. And that's kind of the cool thing is like this this little uh, passion of mine is never I will die, I will die and. Um, I won't stop exploring because you can never play all the golf courses in the world. And there's, there's new ones. Even if you had, you can keep yourself very occupied with updates and new golf courses to, to go see and explore. And man, I, I, I would consider myself a lucky man. If I, I get to do uh, photography of golf courses until the day I die, because I just love it. And I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm one of the few people you hear the cliche, you know, you'll never work a day in your life. if You do what you love. And, um, Boy, man, if you if you can find that, I mean, it is a, a life changer. It makes you every day, um, you know, you live it and, instead of kind of getting through it, which I know a lot of people do. And it's easy to say once you found it, but like there's less than 1% of us have, have that um, as much as I do. And so uh, that is something I'll never really take for granted and continue to work hard to to make sure that I can do that. And um uh, you know, I'm never going to, I'm never going to feel like, uh, Oh, I got it made and, and, and rest. Um, I'm, I'm still exploring and I'm looking for great things in, in 2024, uh, as well. I was going to ask you, cause you have a pretty big social media following it. Did that allow that start? Because you you are one of the premier golf course photographers. Is that where it kind of started with you just putting golf course photos out and people, people yeah. just started following and honestly, that's there. where it was. And when I first started, honestly, I wasn't that good. Um, I wasn't a professional when I first started doing it, but I was the only person really doing it on Instagram. I was, you know, the, the first guy to do it. And so I, I and I, I garnered a following because people want to see these places. And so like, oh, there's something here. And that's when things changed um, for me uh, professionally. You started getting opportunities based on your audience to come and see places. And so I, I just ate it up and uh, 
started taking pictures and posting more. And then people started wanting to buy them. And um, obviously I, I sold them and, and did what I could. Um, and then I realized, man, I should probably, you know, what if I just became, this is my thing. And I just was got really good at this and like tried to be the the best in the world at taking pictures of golf courses that I could do, you know, and it was like, a, it's a kind of a small niche. And that's been, that's been my goal. And then uh, after 2018 is when I, I didn't go back, you know, I did not have, I quit my sales job and I didn't take another job. I was in telecom and software. Um, and uh, I've been in golf ever since 2018, um, you know, full time with, you know, I'll take, I'll take, I, I did some work for the the fire pit collective and even the, the golf team at Medterra CBD. And so uh, I'm not immune to knowing that there's other industries around there uh, with, with golf and you, any photographer will tell you, um, that you're not going to, it's, it, it's job by job. You kind of get it where you can, you can take it. Um, the lucky ones, uh, lucky ones get to choose where they, what they want to do and they'll turn down jobs. Um, and you can price yourself into a situation where you can live on your photography revenues. And that's, that's what I've did partly because I, I, I mean, I believe there's maybe a couple other guys that might have it close, but I don't think anybody in the world has is a, a golf photography library as vast in terms of the courses um that i do uh you know i know that uh john cavalier's got some he's a, the links gems guy uh is mm-hmm. he's got a lot of really great golf courses too so he's got quite the library as well uh he's a little more on the east coast and i think i probably got him i don't know if i got him beat in terms of uh number of different courses photographed and um uh, but you know, that's, uh, that's a cool thing to be like in the, you know, the, the top 1% of anything. And to, to say that, um, you're amongst the greats is just really cool. Um, coming from, uh, you know, a novice and an amateur and a, and a beginner, um, and then learning about my craft and really, uh, taking it to the, the levels, the, the, the highest levels that I, that I possibly can. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it that's a that's a cool thing. I'm gonna continue to keep building that uh that portfolio and um you know I say photo shoots, it's like I, I'll go and I'll play a golf course and I'll I'll shoot it as I play. Um so it, sometimes that doesn't do it justice. If I'm going to shoot a course professionally, um somebody can book me and then I will spend three to four days there, you know. I'll I'll look at the angles, I'll I'll uh figure out where the sun hits what golf course holes uh, at what time and when it looks best and really hone in on a particular uh, shot that I want to get that will be uh, as good as that hole could possibly look. And uh, those are the things that I deliver to my clients, the things that uh, make them smile. They're like, that's how the third hole can look. And and that's, that's what I want to deliver them. And it takes time to do that. Um, so as I'm going and playing, and that's one of the bummers is these, these fantastic places that I went to this year, you know, you spend four hours there and you maybe you get a sunrise or a sunset and, and, and you get some photos. And, uh, most of these courses deserve more of my attention. I could spend, you know, three days at, at some of these places. And I just had a short time at, at most of these, but, um, yeah, full photo shoots, a is a different story, um, compared to what I did at, at most places this year. But, that being said, I mean, I, I had some great images and got some great sun, sunsets and sunrises and some images that um, these courses, some of the courses won't, they don't look to hire professional photographers and, you know, spend $5,000, $3,000 to $5,000 to bring somebody out to shoot their golf course. Um, that is uh, not in the budget or not in the, you know, the plans for some of these places. But I offered a discounted rate for all the courses that I visited. And sometimes I got some great photos. I'm like, these are the best photos you have of your, uh, that the, exist of your golf course. Um, and, and they were able to, to purchase those and use those. Um, so that was a kind of a way that um, I was able to give some good photography to some places that, that needed it. And that was cool. I just love sharing them. You know, honestly, it's, I, I would do it for free. Um, but the, there is, there's, you know, you got to make sure that you're charging your, your market rate for some of these things that you're, that you're doing. How, how has the technology within golf course photography changed, uh, over the last, you know, it, it, you've been at this since 2018. So that five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for me, 
and, and I'm coming in kind of exploring some of the stuff. So going back to things that have been done in photography before, and um, I wish I would have studied more in, in college and just kind of become an overall more well-rounded master of the craft. And that's something that I continue to do and, and look for other ways to capture. Uh, and that's a challenge for photographers to stay creative, look at things through a different lens and allow yourself to be influenced by uh, other other things. And technology is certainly one of those. And I mean, most people are aware the drone is a, is a game changer um, in the world of course photography. It, it, it's really, for me, uh, I've been a specialty of mine. Um, and so I know, I, I know how to fly, fly a drone like any, like, like the best there is. And I know how to, the angles to look for and the places to get that, that little airplane uh, at, at what time, and what holes, you know, I know how to do that. And, and, and that's part of the magic of being a professional. If somebody hires you for three, four days, you better get the, some great images. And, you know, if you're not a professional, you, you'll miss, you'll miss these opportunities that exist in a five minute sliver when the pin is like, you know, half illuminated and it's set against a, a back a darker backdrop for five minutes on the, on the fourth hole. And you got to get some elevation to bring in the water behind it or, or, or whatever that case may be. And you, you got to know that. So you got to be there to get that image and know where to put your, uh, put your drone or, or, or where to, where to be in position with your, uh, I'm a Nikon guy. And so I shoot from the ground as well. And so you got to plan those things out and that's what makes it so fun. It's so exciting. Cause like when this, when the magic hour hits like, Oh man, it's go time. I'm like running around the golf course. I'm like, Oh yeah. I head out to this area. And like, then you get the drone up and you see where the, see where the sun still is. I mean, that really is a helpful thing because previously you were kind of, you know, you're locked on the front nine. You're not getting to the back nine in the magic hour. You're not going to get there. Um, and, and you don't know where that is, but you send the drone up, you can see where all the sun is hitting and, and at what time. So it really speeds up your speeds up my process in, in terms of where the shots are at what time during the day, if it's a sunrise shot or if it's this hole looks better at sunset. And the, so the drone's done, done a lot of things in terms of just getting the height, um, which we all strive for height and light is a, uh, is an old adage that, uh, that those are the two things I'm, I'm looking for to get that little bit of elevation that, that uh, looks familiar, but uh, adds a slightly different dim dimension to uh, what the golfer sees when they're there. Um, Cause that's the idea is that, you know, they're like, Oh, it didn't look like that when I was there, you know? Um, and that's always a fun, fun comment to get because it's like that that's because you were there during the five minutes where that that hole just shines and it's really exciting when you're when you're at a place like that it's happening um that's that's the zone i'll sit there sometimes and and just kind of you know i know it when it happens that's what's fun about it like this is it this is good as this hole looks right now and that's a that's an exciting thing so i don't think that'll ever it never got boring of the 580 courses every day was hunting for the the perfect shots every, every single day. Well, you would laugh your ass I'm, off watching Tim and I mess around with our little drone, trying to drive that thing, <laughs> fly it around. It's, it's fun. It has, I mean, you can get some cool shots just as a beginner, you know, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, so that's kind of the beauty of it too. And everybody's a photographer now, but um, yeah, it's photography is a great thing. You can, you don't have to be that good at it for it to be special. Yeah, I know I'm building a black, I'm building a literally building a dark room in my basement as we speak for my fiance is big into, she's big into photography and Ooh, she wants to do old school film uh, photography. So I got it half a, done. That's a different art. That's a different art. One that I, I would not be able to do uh, very <laughs> successfully at this point. All my stuff is, you know, done digitally. And so yeah. uh, I can, you can certainly appreciate that, that hustle. And it's a, you know, it's a different, uh, different medium pretty much. And, uh, a cool arty um that stuff will never go old you know the the physical piece of, of printing out or, or holding a photograph in your hand it's a little different than looking at a um, a computer or a screen with those images on there um and that's what's fun about some of this stuff you get these images and you see them on your computer like oh that's great but then when i sell a print or a metal metal print or framed or even something on canvas and you see it on like big you know, like a big display showing how it should be um, like, whoa, this is, this is cool. You know? So that's, that's a fun thing that people can buy by prints for my, my work. And it's a satisfying thing to know that somebody's enjoying my work on their walls that they see like 
maybe on a daily basis. Um, what a gift to give somebody um, a way to, you know, minimally uh, improve their their daily existence. I mean, that's that's a powerful thing, I think, as a photographer. And that's why I do what I do. And that's probably where I get the most joy out of photography is sharing and having other people appreciate it. And I had a conversation with a guy the other day that was just loved a shot I took at the old course. And he, he was couldn't be more excited to get that one up in his um, I think it's his business. He's going to put it up. He's got a little, um, he's going to do something with uh, simulator stuff. And so he wanted that one on the, on the wall and uh, just, we'll get it, we'll get it to him and, and he'll enjoy that. And so will his customers uh, and people that come in. And uh, that is, that is just awesome to me. We don't want to take all so, your time up. So you got to, what do you got, Tim? You got another question? I, I've got, I've got one last question because okay. we, we just picked your brain on, on photography and, We've got a, a long road trip coming up, possibly in an RV. We'll see how much convincing that can do. Uh, <laughs> any tips and tricks for the RV lifestyle? Anything that you learned from the first tour that you took to the the second tour about living out of out of an RV for so yeah. long? Yeah, if some if you hear a loud bang in the back, don't even bother <laughs> looking back. You're just it's dangerous. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen hundreds of times. There'll be drinks that's left out on a counter that go splashing under the ground. Uh, and, and you gotta just kind of assume that everything's going to break on that thing. And, and, uh, <laughs> it took, even though I did it in 2018, um, and so I kind of, I got used to just rolling with the punches and not really worrying about it. Oh, whatever. Uh, it took some reaccustomizing to like stuff breaking and then just be like, oh, whatever. And that's the key is to kind of just enjoy the ridiculousness of, I mean, your house is bouncing around stuff's going to break and, and things will happen to that RV. And that, and that you, if you embrace that sort of that attitude um, I think you'll be, you'll be good to handle stuff that will inevitably come your way. Everything on my RV broke, everything is brand new and everything on it broke, um, especially right in the beginning. So that was a little bit of a, a curveball, And it was, I mean, it was so damn hot in that thing because the AC broke in the middle of summer and uh, (laughs) it was like an oven. There's a couple of days where like we couldn't figure out how to get a tech out on it or it was just too hot in North Carolina that we had like, all right, it's, it's, it's hotel time. Um, That only happened like maybe like twice, couple, couple times, but um, what other, some other tips, Um, you you know, don't, for what I was doing, I never pre-planned where I was going to stay which was kind of fun because you're playing golf and you be like, somebody invites you to sleep in their parking lot. You can ask the golf course, Hey, can I, can I crash in the, the uh, parking lot? Sure. You know, most, sometimes they'd be like, no, we close it up. Um, but most of the times they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know? And I, and I, I'm, I'm not camping out. I'm literally just sleeping, then getting up and leaving to play more golf. So it was never, um, you know, I never, cause otherwise you miss a whole nother thing. You're like planning these places and it just takes up way too much time to plan where to sleep. Um, Walmarts are your friend. Walmarts are great. You got, you know, don't, don't be too scared of the Walmart crowd. Some are dodgy and, you know, you can kind of check out the vibe. So I like to kind of go <laughs> park and then go in and like, all right, this one's not too bad. Um, and most of the ones won't kick you out of there. You can just kind of show up and park in the back or sometimes you'll see other RVs in there. Um, and stay the night and I left early and it helped that I had a good looking RV, um, look professional and clean. And so nobody's really raised too many flags, but every once in a while, somebody come and knock on my door and say, Oh, you can't sleep here. And then I just ask them, well, where should I go? And, uh, most of the time, like, Oh, just go over there. Like, I'm just, they're like, I'm just making sure that nobody parks here, but they, they don't check over there. So you can stay there for the night. That happened 99% of the time. Um, sometimes they'd be like, you know what? Just stay here. Never mind. You know, so it was kind of like you chat with them, you meet somebody, you tell them what you're doing, and they're like all stoked about it. And then um, rest stops do rest stops are super easy. You, every rest stop is designed for people to truckers really just to pull over and park there. And I didn't care too much about my surroundings. Um, I got some really cool state park spots and I, and I golf course lots and some really cool spots I ended up in. But for the most part, I'm in there. Um, with my swag surrounding me, the windows down and, and I'm hammering away on social or, uh, photography, editing, um, emails and coordinating my route. So I was, I was not, you know, taken in the sites. Uh, so the, the rest stops are, are good, are a great place to do, do just that. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was no, there was, uh, 
the other thing that sucks with about RVs is the uh, the waste management, the uh, the crapper. Um, no number two on the on the bus was my rule. Managed to go an entire year without taking a dump on that thing. <laughs> an entire year without ever, nice. <laughs> never in the yeah. bus. Yeah, I don't nice. want to. It's something about me carrying my crap around that didn't seem awesome. Oh um, and then you you know then you have to dump it. It, it seemed extra extra vile if, if there was a, a whole tank load of feces versus just uh you know a jug full of piss um you know pardon the language it's, it's just nasty and so that's uh i didn't like to uh i don't like to empty that thing too often although it's pretty pretty simple and you don't get that dirty if you're doing it doing it right you know it just you, you catch the smell a little bit as it goes down the drain um and so I, I didn't have to do that too often um as i you know managed to use a lot of woods to relieve myself, but you know, it, it, you know, so that's one thing that you want to minimize that, um, that aspect of the living on the road and, you know, propane management. So these are things you, people don't think about. It's like, if you, you have to have propane to keep your refrigerator going. So you always kind of be aware of how much propane you have, how long will that will last. Um, oil changes were a pain in the butt because you can't just go to Jiffy Lube. You've got to like some of these places be like, well, we're planning two weeks out. And I'm like, well, I, I need one like right now. Um, so you have, so my girlfriend, Rachel would be helpful in planning some of these oil changes for me. I don't know, maybe they did like four or five. Um, cause you don't want that to break. You don't want serious engine trouble. Cause that'll be a real, then you have to go into extra planning mode because you now have lost your, 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 your home is now not mobile. You still have to play golf. And so that there was a couple of times where I had to get real creative in terms of dropping it off at the place, taking an Uber to a golf course, coming back and they fixed it. And uh, with all the things that were wrong with this thing, when I pulled into there's a forest river in forest river, almost every RV manufacturer is in Mishawaka or the Northwest Indiana. It's the RV center of the world. And so by the time I got to there, I, there was about 30 things that needed fixing on that RV, some small, um, some big, like the the water and the AC. And I, so I pulled in and they, they knew of my troubles. And I go in and uh, I give it to them. I give them the list and I, um, I say, I'm going to go play 36 holes of golf. Here's the list. Just get what you can get done. Um, if you fix the AC, I'll consider it a W. I just don't want to be sweating to death and they fixed damn near everything on that list everything except the leaky roof so right up until the end from day one until the end and when it rained it would just flow right through that thing i don't know where there's something on the roof that <laughs> that doesn't isn't plugged up an improper caulk job on the on the roof i think is what it is um, they hastily put that thing together but to their credit they did fix um almost all of their, their shortcomings when I got through there. And it was pretty smooth, uh, through the very end there. Um, I mean, not much broke the the tail end of that, that tour, or I just kind of got used to things not operating, but, um, that's a, that's a short and sweet version of life in a box. And, you know, just it, it what it does, it provides you the opportunity to, to go places every day. I mean, it's not about the comforts of home. It's, uh, it's about the, the places that you go, uh, and having those, the ability to do that is what is, uh, what, what the RV life is about. I guess my but, last question is just, um, what's next. What's the next big adventure? What do you got in the hopper? Anything? Oh yeah. I'm going RGB two or 3.0 tomorrow. I'm going to jump back in and, and <laughs> play 600. No, no. Sponsored, um, Walmart, Walmart, DOT, Arby's. <laughs> yeah, get my Arby's involved here. Um, no, no, there's no plans for a 3.0. Um, I'm excited to see if somebody chases that record, if they can they can beat it. Uh, I got a call from the, the it was a husband and wife, it was a Canadian, um, that I got a call from them after I finished up my tour and congratulating me. And um, that would be a cool thing if somebody were to go for it and break it. And I obviously extend them that same courtesy because I know how ridiculous it is. And especially to play over 580, boy, you got to have a lot of time. You got to have a lot of money and you got to really love golf to pull that off. And so I would love to see somebody do it, but um, you know, hopefully I'll at least be a holder for a year. Um, I don't oh, think yeah. anybody's currently after it. And they held that record for 13 years and, um, you know, that was, uh, so, you know, hopefully I hold it for 13 years. It'll be cool. Um, 
to to be that that guy. And then I, you know, it'd be fun to see somebody break it. And I don't know if I'd try to one up them if, if they broke it. I don't even know that if they if they do something absurd, then I then uh, hats off to you. Uh, but right now I'm the the world record holder, and so I'm gonna I'm do more of the same. You know, I'm I'm taking photo jobs, and I'm I've got a, a shootout at the MX coming up here in just a couple couple weeks, and then I'll be traveling. Um, and, uh, to the golf courses that I want to see and, and photograph. And then I'm sure a lot of new, uh, I've got a couple jobs set up for the, for the next year. And those will, those will start to fill in as uh, they have in the past year. And, you know, hopefully this opportunity, and just kind of allows me to keep living the dream, you know, allows people to see my, my work and, and book me, um, in, in 2024 and, and beyond. It's, uh, it's a magical ride that I, that I've been on. And, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not planning on stopping. We'll have to get you here to play some golf with us in Minnesota. No, oh, I love it there. I love it. The, there. Uh, maybe the new interlocking is going to open this summer. That place has been closed for the whole year, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It was good before. I mean, I, everybody's doing a, doing a restoration or renovation as the, uh, the coffers are lined with golf cash yeah. and, uh, you know, so old places become new. Um, and, and there's some really great examples of courses that have a whole new feel to them feel like almost like new places when that, that happens. And I'm sure the caretakers of that golf course will, will do a good job, um, with a spectacular new and, and yet familiar place. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on, and we will uh, look forward to following you on whatever adventures you have on social media. All right, guys. Well, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Maybe today's the day I forgave you. What the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold. Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.